0: Welcome to the UNIT podcast, hosted by me, journalist and proud UNIT member, Pitt McCormack. UNIT is a strength conditioning studio, or circuits gym, with two outlets in London hosting classes all week. They're staffed by a group of lovable trainers who I've been interviewing on a variety of different topics. This week, I'm joined by Dylan Charlie bowen from the London Bridge Branch to talk stretches, mobility, and if I'll ever be able to touch my toes. He's like the yogi of flexibility, and I learned so much from him, so I hope you will too. Find out more about UNIT at UNIT.com. That's U-N-1-T com. Okay, Dylan, what do you do and why?
1: Um, I am a trainer at UNIT London Bridge and i do it because i've always been involved in sport and exercise and i love it it's just part of my everyday life fair enough
0: um sum up in three words what wellness means to you oh it's getting deep already this is it we're going to find out everything about your personality here
1: um
0: i'd say it's
1: a it's a balance between your mental and physical state so it's not the same as fitness it's not it's not being able to execute physical tasks it's more than that it's it's being an overall well-rounded human being and not being obsessive about exercise or not exercising just being I suppose satisfied and content overall
0: are you satisfied and content overall
1: yeah at all times apart from when I'm hungry (laughs) (laughs) which is quite often as I know how much to eat it is a common theme in my life unfortunately uh
0: this wasn't going to be a question but Mm. how many eggs a day do you eat at
1: the moment oh man you're gonna (laughs) put me on blast like that um six eggs a day I'd say yeah yeah roughly about six eggs scrambled of course with a little bit of pepper
0: since you told me about that I've been eating more scotch eggs trying to like up my protein serious I mean I know
1: people say the cholesterol is high and stuff but my diet is very low in cholesterol in other areas so I tell myself i can get away with it
0: fair enough you're young i'm sure you can be fine <laughs> um, well what was the last thing you ate
1: um i had ah yeah that is what i had i had six eggs <laughs> um three sizes of toast uh smoked salmon um with mashed avocado and also a bowl of oats of a whole banana
0: wow was that a meal or was that just a snack <laughs> <laughs> No, that was a meal, that was a meal, that was a meal, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um,
1: what is your favourite unit class and why? Oh, I'm going to go with lesion. Um, I love the superset format. Um, I, like the, I like the idea of moving pain around and not stopping the pain. You know, like just moving it from one body part to the next, not necessarily having to completely stop and forcing yourself to recover while still under tension. That's, that's something that I'm big on. Probably because I play football, there's no real full-on time to recover you have to be able to recover whilst jogging at a slower pace or walking or any any of those things really so yeah
0: okay and when was the last time you really pushed yourself
1: that's tough um i probably i had a match i had a match the other day and we it went to extra time and my legs felt like i was carrying 100 kilos in each boot and I've really pushed it. We still lost, but I, I went for it 100%.
0: You lost with pride. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs>
1: uh, finally, what's your fitness goal for the year? Um, walk sideways through every single door. <laughs> just get absolutely huge for the second. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Do you know what it is? I need to get bigger, but then pre-season is going to come up in the summer and I'm going to lose everything. So I don't know. I don't I don't have a specific goal. I'd probably just say become more powerful, be able to lift a lot of weight, but quickly. So like big um, power lifts, like push press, uh, front squat, um, cleans and snatches and things like that. More big technical movements. That's what something I really want to improve on.
0: Yeah, I feel like I'm working on getting bigger as well. Like I'm eating a lot of porridge now. I have porridge as my 4 p.m. snack. Yeah, see,
1: porridge is the way forward, man. I love it. I used to love cacao nibs in mine, but then I found out that I'm allergic to everything dried and fermented. So I can't have raisins, dates, prunes.
0: No way. Um,
1: no cacao names because they all have like some fungus in it that's harmless to most people. But to me, apparently it makes me break out in spots. You're
0: kidding. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. However, you may be relieved to hear that that is the end of the podcast warm-up round. And, <laughs> um, you've passed the flying colours and yes. you're now ready to go to the main section of the uh, the podcast episodes. So well done. How do you feel? I feel relieved. <laughs> Good, if you You've passed with flying colours. Um, so I want to talk uh, to this episode about mobility um you are the king of post-class stretches you are very good at getting deep and low into that stretch uh your your routines are legendary at the end of class wow you're
1: gonna bring me to tears don't do that
0: (laughs) (laughs) but i have quite a few questions about mobility um i mean basically what is it do i have it how can i get it and why do i want it i don't know anything about what mobility really means so maybe we should start with what mobility actually is
1: Okay, I say a common misconception with mobility is it's not the same as flexibility. Flexibility is, I'd say, your ability to be able to hold a position um, through a wide range of motion, which I know sounds very similar, but mobility is your ability to um, execute a movement through a wider range. So say for instance, some people may be able to hold the splits, but they might not be able to execute a 50 kilogram squat like ass to grass, say for instance. Um, and I'd say the way to acquire that is to practice the movement alongside stretching. And also understanding, I think there's a, um, a kind of a rivalry between static stretching and high intensity training. There's lots of um, studies that went out a few years back, particularly within the football world, that static stretching reduces muscle power before gains by 15% on all this kind of stuff. And it kind of made people take a step back from mobility and stuff. Um, but it is a massive component of of being able to execute big movements, I'd say. And the way to acquire it, patience it's a long-term thing that's another reason why high intensity trainers never do it because you don't get that instant satisfaction feeling of ah oh, I feel like I was about to die and I got that big fitness endorphin kick it's not gonna happen like that it's gonna take like the average stretch program that gets prescribed is at least six weeks you know so
0: so that's not fun because that's not instant
1: is that right? exactly exactly and we want immediate gratification you do, mobility, yeah? mobility is not gonna give that to you
0: right so well then why should somebody concentrate on their mobility a bit more
1: well, if you love the feeling of the immediate gratification, I guarantee you that will wither away when injury hits you, you know, like mobility is important because, you know, the amount of times that i particularly in unit, we do a lot of plyometric exercises and the amount of toll that it takes on like your lower half, your hamstrings, your glutes and all these like impact ex- absorbers, you need to take the time to perfect your mobility, otherwise you're not going to be able to perform and execute those classes properly and get that feeling that you actually enjoy and that's the most frustrating thing, being out because of injury, when it's highly preventable.
0: Yeah, I feel I ignored my shoulder twinges for quite a bit of time last year and then suddenly it all hit me at yeah,
1: once. Yeah, 100%. I did the same. Everyone's guilty of it. I did the exact same thing with my lower back. It will be It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll pass. It'll pass. And then it just doesn't pass and it gets worse and worse and worse. So, yeah, you just got to, the saying is if not now, then now. Just just do it, man. Just stretch. Get out.
0: Um, is mobility, can it really prevent injury like that then?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. You can definitely prevent it. In- I mean, there's no foolproof way to prevent injury. Otherwise, sports scientists would get be getting paid a lot more than they are getting paid. But you can reduce the probabilities by quite a large margin by doing the right things. Hundred percent. And I think you don't need to. You don't need to become a yogi. You don't need to do Pilates hundred times a day. But if you just dedicate that little bit of time that matches your workout routine, so if you go to unit all the time. And, you know, the main muscle groups that get worked in the cardio classes are those big muscle groups like your glutes, your hamstrings, your quads, etc. If you just dedicate 20 minutes a day to just stretching those muscles out um, and foam rolling those muscles, it will help you so much, honestly.
0: Well, I'm going to come on to foam rollers in a bit because I came along to a foam rolling class recently expecting it to be like a spa experience where we would all just have a lovely time. No, it was like,
1: quite painful, I imagine. It was yeah. really, really painful. Yeah
0: first of all how does how do you sort of measure how good somebody's mobility is or how does somebody find out how good their mobility is
1: um there's a few tests i mean ryan the physio at um at london bridge he he always told me that when he first gets a client the first thing he gets them to do is an overhead squat um so there's a few there's a few movements that you can do that even if your mobility is good you can still see imbalances everyone's got like a um, a lack of symmetry in their body somewhere or like a weakness on one side that we're all usually predominantly one-sided, right-footed, or right-handed, or vice versa. So you can kind of tend to see that if you get a few movements going. If you try and do a squat with your hands up against the wall, um, without them coming off and without your knees going um, too far back away from the wall, you will see where you're tight and you'll be able to pinpoint where. So I think that's a good, a good way to see if someone is mobile or not, just executing those whole body movements.
0: My mobility, I'm assuming, is probably pretty bad. Um, can you touch your toes Pip? No I can't touch my toes <laughs> So what are the little things I can do Or big things that I can do to improve it um, Number one
1: thing Stop kidding yourself 10 second stretches aren't enough They're not Stretching is uncomfortable It should be mild discomfort They're uncomfortable And that's probably why hit trainers again don't like doing it Because it's not something that you can push through very easily You have to hold it and Just sit there and live with it for a second and be passive So I'd say that's the first thing. Um, Hold stretches for longer, like a lot longer. That would be my first number one tip. Um, And second, give yourself a target. It's the same as any other fitness goal. If your target is to touch your toes, then work towards that. Um, If your target is to be able to do um, a squat all the way down without your heels coming off the ground, then that is one as well. Just give yourself something actually tangible to work towards.
0: So are there any sort of good exercises that I can start doing away from unit at home that would help me increase my mobility
1: yeah i would say find yourself a stretch routine that is combined with um body weight practice movement so the overhead squat that i was talking about um because a lot of the things that you know because we want to get the most out of you heart rate wise and muscular wise it's going to be weight bearing it's going to be intense so you're not as much as we bang on about technique you're not going to get the optimal way of technique because it's you're under tent you're under a lot of tension basically. So i say give yourself a stretch routine and either pre or post, I'm not really fast either said um, practice those movements. So like your overhead squat, um what else can I think of? Even just um good mornings. You know, it's like a practicing like it's almost like practicing a Romanian deadlift and actually practicing lifting through your hamstrings and engaging the right parts of the movement. And then taking that into your training, you'll probably find that you're able to create a little bit more tension in the muscle groups that you actually intended. Rory talks about it all the time actually, thinking about the muscle groups that you're working and the link between those two things. So yeah.
0: How good are you at adding extra stretches into your day?
1: I really, really sucked at it. And then I, when I was younger, I suffered from um, tendonitis in my left knee. Am I physio- Well, I went to the doctor first, and he told me to stop playing football, and I was like, "Yeah, that's not going to happen." So I went to a physio, and then they gave me prescribed exercises and stretches, and I didn't listen, and it got worse and worse and worse. And then eventually I, I listened and I saw the effects that I had on my performance, and now I add in. I'd say I, I'd say I do a stretch routine at least twice a week, and because I'm quite tall, it's absolutely necessary for my lower back
0: if I don't do it. I will feel it badly. And how long is that stretch routine? 20 minutes.
1: It can vary anywhere between 10 and 20 minutes.
0: And is that something you just devised yourself from working out what body parts you're using?
1: Yeah, at first at first, I used something called Rumwood. Someone, someone at UNIT recommended it to me, actually. I've forgotten their name, forgive me, but it's um, a CrossFit stretch routine. And they because they work a lot of the same muscle groups because they do a lot of barbell work. So again, it's those massive muscle groups in the lower, in the lower portion of the body. And they force you to hold stretches for like up to four minutes so you can imagine holding a pigeon pose for four minutes your glutes are like very very stretched afterwards but the thing that i will say is that holding those stretches for that amount of time that's probably the only time in mobility you'll get that immediate gratification i was talking about because you literally feel the difference straight away um so that's how it started and now that i know the stretches i don't follow an online stretch routine anymore i know what muscle groups i have worked more that week and then i'll adjust my stretch routine according to that
0: do you have a timer that you sort of keep going next to you?
1: Yeah, I'll yeah, I, I will have um, like a timer on my phone or sometimes a good way to do it as well to stay present in the moment, I count my breaths instead. So like I'll count my breathing and I'll count for 40 breaths, you know, not like in and out very quickly, like nice big deep breaths throughout. And then you'll find it actually helps you relax a little bit more rather than you're just looking at the clock like, oh, this is uncomfortable. When is this like four minutes going to be up, you know? So yeah, that's definitely a tip.
0: If somebody wanted to invest in a bit of equipment to really take this seriously i sort of thinking things like foam rollers mm-hmm. maybe rubber bands for mm-hmm. stretching what would you recommend and, and how would you pre- recommend people use it
1: i really like trigger balls i like trigger balls a lot um they are little small painful things that you they we've got them at you oh just i some know. small balls they look it. like
0: squash balls yeah
1: and you can get the ones with spikes on them as well um and there's like a few little tricks you can do with them like rolling the bottom of your feet is um some studies show that it actually helps relieve um, muscle tightness in your hamstrings and stuff like that. So yeah, there's a few little things that you can do with those. And it's not as a um, overbearing pain as a foam roller, I would say. It's kind of like you've got one point, it's obviously a triggerable, so you've got one trigger. That you can kind of overcome and just roll either side of that rather than like the whole it band in your quadricep you know on a foam roller it's quite overbearing sometimes
0: yeah so i feel like the trigger ball is a little bit more like a massage it's like when someone's getting yeah, like, that knot yeah
1: it's a bit more manageable
0: yes but so why is a foam roller so painful <laughs>
1: because it just covers a greater area so it's just harder to it's harder to mentally overcome that discomfort because it's just it's just a large surface area that is that's hurting Haley at fulham always wants me to foam roll with her after her class that's why I love training with Haley, but I hate finishing the class with Haley because she makes me foam roll every single time, every time, which is great. But I'm not a fan at all.
0: Yeah, those trainers that just want to do what's good for you are the worst. Yeah, yeah
1: you know what I mean? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with them?
0: And what about for an, uh, a rhythm band? Sorry, They're really helpful
1: because they can help you get into but If you say, for instance, Usain Bolt, if you've ever watched a documentary on him, he has a trainer that literally stretches him so we'll hold certain body parts in other positions to say for instance the lumbar stretch that i do a lot the lumbar um twist um when you have to keep your shoulder in contact with the ground and try and get your knee to the ground on the other side that's very difficult to do if you're tight um you can't really use that one as a resistance band but my point is is that there is the resistance band can kind of be that um autonomous person that gets you into certain positions that you can't get into by yourself whether it's pulling your closer towards your own thighs or any of that's the way that I would use it just using it as it's a, a person really because not all of us can afford a trainer that's going to stretch us out at the end of every workout
0: yeah and um, now I don't know if you've heard me go on and on and on and on about it but I'm running a marathon in April yes. and so are some of the staff at the unit which yes, you've yes, yes, heard yes, them yes, go on yes. about yeah so yeah. what tips have you got for us for runners to increase to help increase mobility because I did my longest run at the weekend and I was actually pretty impressed by how quickly my body bounced back but I could tell that I was doing a bit of stretching, but I probably should have done
1: a lot more. I would say every runner is different. The first thing that I would say, the first tip I would say is know your running style. Um, And what I mean by that is what type of, um, are you a four foot runner? Are you a midfoot runner? Are you a heel striker? Cause what I mean by that is if you're a four foot runner, a lot of the weight is going to be going through your calves and the lower part of the leg so you're going to have to do a lot focus a lot more stretching in that area if you're a heel striker a lot of it will go more up towards your hamstrings and your glutes so you've got to pinpoint what type of runner you are and then again that makes you a bit more efficient instead of having to just I mean it's very idyllic to think that you're going to just stretch every single muscle group you know and you're going to be this wholesome mobile person but you know work gets in the way time constraints so give yourself that little bit of help and figure out what type of runner you are and then focus the stretches on that part of the body I would say
0: With your um, footballers That you also coach How old are they?
1: Um, They are under 13s now
0: Yeah. And is mobility Something you think about With
1: them as well? 100% Because when I was younger There there was none of that There was literally You run as hard as you can For 90 minutes Or however long In pre-season even worse You're doing Cooper's runs Which is Running around in a field for twelve minutes as many for as quick as quick as you can, and then you finish, you're half dead, and they just send you home, and you get in the car and you cramp up, and you don't do anything about it. So I definitely try and refrain from doing that to the to the next generation because we've got the knowledge now to show that's just not the way to create longevity in anyone's football career. Sure.
0: What's the difference between training um, under thirteens and training people at unit? Not much, really. You both you both,
1: you're both quite similar. I'd say <laughs> you don't listen.
0: <laughs> no,
1: um, you know what? It's not. I wouldn't even say it's different because of the age group. You know, because I I honestly say the people at unit are quite youthful. They're quite, and I mean that in the best possible way. They're quite vibrant, and even at six a.m. in the morning, they're quite upbeat. So there's not much different. The only difference really is just that how sports specific the football coaching is, and it's just it's immediately goal orientated. Whereas in unit, I have to provide goals, you know, like if it's a sauna, a skier the other day or the rower, Nat Drew hates me for that, but yeah.
0: <laughs> you're, you're very good at uh, reminding me of all the gains I'm going to get every time I'm listening. I know, to man. That's what you got
1: to think about. You got to visualize. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, now, mobility isn't the only thing that you're uh, very into. I know that you're keen on music and how that affects the workout too. You're studying something along those lines, right?
1: Yeah, my dissertation. I study sport and exercise science. I'm in my final year, and my dissertation is um, music as an attentional strategy strategy in endurance running. So it's quite fitting for you.
0: Yeah, it is. So how yeah. does it? Give me the the shortened version. The shortened
1: version is, is that there's actually not much study on it, and I'm just a absolute messiah, and I'm breaking through all scientific bound boundaries by doing a study in the first place. But um, I would say, the main the main points to take away from it is that recreational athletes have a lot more to gain from using music than professional athletes. So. Um, attentional strategies that recreational athletes tend to use are diso- dissociative so things that take you away from the symptoms of exercise like pain and discomfort whereas professional athletes have to kind of stay present in the moment so they focus on things like stride length breath rate um, and stuff like that but it's, it's in, music is basically proven to reduce rpe which is r- rate of perceived exertion so if you can reduce your rate of perceived exertion, chances are you're going to push harder because you don't feel like you're working as hard.
0: So it's basically the ultimate distraction. It is. It's basically steroids, Pip, is what I'm telling you. <laughs> but without any of the nasty <laughs> Um if you got? Is there a specific genre of music or speed or whatever that you would recommend?
1: Ah, see, that's another discussion as well. I mean, there's an argument that it's more about being familiar with the music. Because um, whether it's slow or upbeat, if you know the lyrics to something, you tend to focus on the lyrics than the actual beat of the music. But generally, they would still say that playing um, music that is to a certain tempo provides more motivation and have a greater chance of creating a dissociative mind state than if you were to play slower music
0: been speaking to a lot of people that have done marathons before and a lot of them have recommended listening to podcasts while running. Exactly. I, but I find that really odd because I feel like I need the beat to keep me going
1: yeah I mean you're, from what I saw I saw your stats the other day Pip I was very impressed oh, uh, an thank average you so much. 6 minutes just and 43 a mile or something like that oh
0: just just some, something like that yeah, yeah something yeah, around something, 6 minutes 43 ca- something like
1: that Ooh, yeah. casual um, just,
0: that was on an 18 mile uh, course yeah, by the way just, that just, was
1: that was very impressive I nice. must say I looked at that and I had to double take it <laughs> but I would say because you're such a quick runner that's probably the difference between you and a lot of other people is that you need that rhythm to keep going that's probably what you're focusing on um whereas other people are just like, I'm gonna finish, you know? <laughs> I wanna finish the marathon, so this is what's helping me finish. So again, it's that difference between I say you're in that um that space in between elite and recreational. You're you're you've kind of prescribed yourself music that allows you to perform at a greater distance rather than you're not in survival mode. You're not just trying to finish it. So that's the difference between you, I'd say. Oh
0: that's interesting, I haven't really thought of it that way before. Yeah. It's like a podcast, is really gonna take your mind off it completely. Exactly. Whereas, yeah, the music is going to spur me on. So I listen to drum and bass, which is obviously 180 beats per minute. Exactly. And that's that's like the,
1: one of the fastest genres yeah. uh, that you can think of. So, yeah.
0: Who gets to choose the
1: music at UNIT? We take it in turns, to be fair. I used to make a playlist for every single different class. But since work at uni has got a little bit over the top, I've kind of slowed down on that. So I kind of just follow the leader of the other trainers. But sometimes I'll, I'll I'll plug my phone in and get something going, particularly on the strength days, you know
0: i quite like trying to guess like which trainer has picked the music yeah you can normally tell when it's rory you can always tell when it's chloe S-Scat man. what is that <laughs> what what is that yeah chloe has a bit of guns and roses going yeah on. yeah
1: yeah 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 i think i think it's nice when you step into a class and someone's got their own personal flavor on it a little bit it's not just um a genre thing and they haven't just picked a spotify playlist you know they've just like they've actually made something for a specific class and they want you to feel a certain type of way in the class at a specific time so, yeah, I think it's cool.
0: Yeah, I do too. I yeah. love the music at UNIT. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't always hear it because I'm normally exactly, being, half like, dead, Yeah, told off by you and told to do more better <laughs> peace by you. But, you know, when I can hear it, I like it. <laughs> um, so I've got a reader question, going back to mobility a little bit that we were talking about earlier. Um, so, I'm a, this is from a reader. I'm a 27-year-old man who's never been able to touch their toes. I run a bit, I do circuits training, I lift fairly heavy weights. I'd never have any particular muscle strain and I always bounce back from long runs pretty quickly, okay. but I can barely reach lower than the tops of my shins. It doesn't impact on my life at all, but I see other people getting all the way to the floor during gym class stretches. While it's fine for me now, I worry it may hint at something that will cause me problems later on in life. Does it matter? Should I be bothered? And if so, what can I do about it?
1: Does it matter? I think you- <laughs> you've got to ask yourself that question if it matters, because there's some people I my old manager at Lululemon she wanted to um she wanted to do I say that in vocal she wanted to do a pull-up and then she just wasn't doing anything to do the pull-up and I said do you really want to do a pull-up she's like not really so I was like then don't do a pull-up then if you don't if that's not your fitness goal it's not your fitness goal you know um the thing with mobility is it again if it begins to hinder on your health then it's a different story you're saying that it's not typically when someone's hamstrings are that tight they usually get pain in other areas if you're not Feeling those pains and it's been years and years and years. You're obviously an anomaly and somehow physiologically, so you don't have anything to worry about. But I would say, improve it if you can. I mean, if you're into if you're into health and fitness in general, you want to be, you want to improve yourself on a day to day basis. And not being able to touch your toes is, you should be able to do that.
0: You can touch your toes, hundred percent.
1: You're like the longest person I've ever met. Exactly. So if I can do it, you got to believe in yourself. I I wouldn't I wouldn't worry. I in that in answer to that guy I I wouldn't I wouldn't worry I wouldn't say your hamstrings aren't gonna erupt in the next 20 years or anything but I think it would definitely create some longevity in your training for sure for sure and you want to be able to tie your shoelaces without having to like squat down when you're in your 80s you know what I mean
0: that's true I mean I can't touch my toes I feel like this question could have come for me I don't I can't do it and I feel like it's something I'm putting off thinking about for the time being
1: yeah I mean it's not it's not something that you need to tackle straight away and maybe it's something that you don't put pressure on yourself to tackle now. You put pressure on yourself to tackle when you're no longer doing as much hit training, or when you have a little bit more time. But just stay, just stay conscious of it, and make sure that it's not getting worse. If your if your hands are creeping up even further, and you're by your knees and your thighs, and you got you got, you have really got to do something about it.
0: Okay, fair enough. So I found um, I like to end on a little game. Mm-hmm. So I found some um, office stretches that people can do from their yeah, office yeah, yeah. chair on Pinterest. Uh, And they all had some funny names. So I made some up too. And I want you to guess if these Uh, are real stretches I found on Pinterest and what they could be or if they're ones that I made up. The first one is The Bank Hostage. That's real. And what do you think it is? Is it
1: um, pulling across like so?
0: Uh, for for the for the listener, Dylan <laughs> for the <laughs> listener, Dylan is pulling his elbow across his uh, shoulders. Yeah, as if you're like taken hostage. Um, it is real, but that's not what it is. Ah, okay. it's sitting in your chair and raising your hands above your head as, ah, as if you are literally being see, I'm up so to violent,
1: Did you see what I did there? I immediately thought of a chokehold. That's not a good look <laughs> at at all.
0: <laughs> <was>. <laughs> Okay, so next stretch. Um, is this real or not? The where are my glasses? That's that's fake. That's actually real. What? That is the hand stretched out in front of you and moving from side to side. That's not a stretch. What the hell is that? Hey, look, I'm doing it right now and I'm feeling quite good in the shoulders. <laughs> He's
1: waving his hand from left to right. It's not a stretch.
0: Hey, hey, I'm quite extended here. <laughs> um, okay. What about the reverse coffee sip?
1: I'm trying to put that in my mind. Um, that's really tripped me out that last
0: one. I can't believe that's a stretch. I mean, these are stretches down on Pinterest. They're not necessarily real true, stretches. True. I'm going to say that's fake. That was fake. Okay, what about the invisible blowjob? <laughs> I want to say that's fake. <laughs> I'm sad to say that was a real one. No I, could, I could not make that.
1: Up. <laughs> well, I wouldn't put it past you, Pip, man. So, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that is standing up. You lean back with your hands on your hips and your head tilted back.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Some kinky stretches. That
0: What's going be, on? That would be a good stretch for your little back, though. I was thinking about it when I was. Yeah, no, it, it's us.
1: a great stretch, but I wouldn't have
0: given it that name. That's just. <laughs> okay. Wild. Yeah, what about the strip search? That's fake. That was fake. Yeah. Okay, what about the leg penis? That's real. <laughs> that was real. Yeah, that's real. What's that, reaching down the inside of your leg or something? No, it's actually a lunge. It's just a straightforward lunge. And the drawing of it, I guess, did look a little bit like. Like as one leg was sort of forward and bent, like okay. it did look a little bit like a penis if you sort of squinted <laughs> and were being very optimistic.
1: Oh, where are people going to get away with doing these stretches? Google Just offices Around the
0: office, yeah, sure. Just like take a computer break.
1: <laughs> I hope it's not a conservative office because there's going to be some disciplinaries <laughs> getting given off.
0: Absolutely. Well, listen, you have uh, successfully survived the unit wow. podcast. Thank you so much for Bucket your time. List. Absolutely. So I always like to end every episode like we do of a unit class, giving a sweaty high five to something that we love. So just giving a sweaty high five to something you're really into at the moment. I will go first, give you time to think about okay. it. I would like to give a sweaty high five to the radio for Soap, The Archers, which I love. It's on every single day. It's 12 minutes. And I listen to it after unit class to like help me calm down. Yeah. And it's just this like simple tale of farm folk. And they do not very much and sometimes a little bit of scandal. And it's just really sweet and it just reminds me to be calm. Mm. And I really like it for that. So a sweaty high five to the archers. Yeah,
1: I'll have a look out for that actually. <laughs> that sounds very tranquil and nice. It
0: is very tranquil.
1: I'm going to go with, I'm a massive um, YouTube fan. So I'm going to go with um, a series on there called The, um, the Blueprint. And it's um, by Complex and they go around and they talk to um, people that are kind of famous within hip-hop urban culture that have created businesses or, or entrepreneurs within it. And they talk to them about their journey. So the other day they spoke to um, Todd McFarlane, who's an illustrator for Marvel and DC Comics. And it's just about his journey of how he, um, how he conquered the art market, really. And it's just really interesting taking those lessons and applying them to your own situation. So yeah, the blueprint for sure. I give that I give that a big appreciation.
0: Uh look out for it. Lastly, where can people find you on the internet?
1: Well, I don't even know my handles I'm I'm not a social I'm like Rory. I'm like I'm very close to Rory. I don't do I don't upload enough or whatever. Um if you've got Twitter, I am um, at LionDills with a Z at the end of course. And Instagram, just my full name, Dylan I'm not gonna spell it out for you. Don't worry, do your research, it'll come up.
0: Or people can come and find you at UNIT, of course. I, I, of
1: course, at UNIT as well. Duh. Yeah. London Bridge, of course. Sorry for them.
0: <laughs> Very good. Well, listen, thank you so much for all that information. I'm going to go and do some stretches.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Get it done. Touch those toes, Pip. Thank
0: you so much for listening. Find out more about UNIT at UNIT.com. That's UN1T.com. Or email your thoughts to podcast at UN1T.com. There'll be another episode next week. So for now, goodbye. And make sure you do your stretches.